If you were a ghost, how would you haunt a house? Obnoxiously. Well, that's it. <laughs> I feel like a I would. Um, it is a descriptive, <laughs> otherwise known as an adjective. Um, I would probably just whisper like really smart ass comments in people's ears as they do dumb things when they think they're alone. Give me an example. I don't know. <laughs> do that's, something stupid. That's a great example. An example. You know, uh, be like mm, whatever. Well, you know, when you're home alone and you do something really stupid, and you're like, "Man, I'm glad nobody saw that." I'd just be like, "I saw that." <laughs> do you have the ability to touch things and move things as a ghost, or is it just like that's a good question? Auditory. Because sometimes you because I've got so many of them. Because what I would do is I would take anything that takes double A batteries and put triple A batteries inside of it. Oh, you monster! Even though it wouldn't fit, it'd be like, "What the fuck? How did these get yeah. in here?" I would also basically hide bills. Like, like, oh, we need to pay the cable bill. I basically like, hide it behind something so you'd forget so all your bills would be laid. Mm. And you'd be like, though, because it's all ePay now. Devious. Yeah. Um, you got a, a, <laughs> you got a specific demographic you're on. Yeah. I would also take all the, like, the nice, like, guest towels and then switch them out with the, like, the ratty ones you use in the garage and basically be like, wait, what the hell is going on here? Uh, use the soap and put a little bit of water under each bar of soap wow. so it has that weird, crunky film. You're like it just sits out, but it's like all wet and nasty. Okay. You pick it up to wipe your hand. You're like, oh, this is so disgusting. Uh, you're pretty evil, girl. Um, I would also girl. take the uh, the steak knives or any knives and dole them down. So <laughs> when you go to cut your meat, it just basically results in nothing. I'm gonna keep going, you guys. This is I the episode now. Yeah. I think Garrett's level of Han is like problem child yeah. level. Just move everything slightly one inch to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being annoyed. I'm not being haunted. Well, out of out of respect, I don't want to mess with their minds. I mean, you know. Psychological horror is just as devastating as scaring someone. You're like Casper's annoying brother. Yeah. <laughs> I like to get deep into psyche there. <laughs> I would start burying all their grand- grandmother's birthday cards in the begonias. Wait, what? You know, the kids get grandma birthday cards. Yeah. They have cash in them. Uh-huh. I'd bury them in the flowers. How would they even know? They'd probably just be like, oh, the mail's being real shitty. Grandma's card didn't get through yeah. anymore. Grandma would never get that thank you note. Okay. And then she'd be like, how come I didn't get that thank you note? Like, we never got your card, Grandma. She'd be like, well, let me resend that as a check. Yeah. You're mostly annoying the post office because they're going to get a bunch of complaints. Also, that's a federal offense fucking with the mail, man. Are you prepared to go to ghost jail? <laughs> I don't think they have the same laws. Your Honor, as a simple ghost lawyer, I'd like to say that my client did not understand that touching his grandmother's money was a problem. I didn't know about ghost laws. Okay, oh, well, also, if it goes on long enough, you stole enough money, that could also be... Um, Grand uh, Grand Theft Larceny. Mm-hmm. So you could basically go for two things. Dude, your ass is going to jail. You're assuming that I'm going to be tried in a human court. You know what would No, be? ghost court. What they have are, the same federal laws. Welcome back to ghost court. <laughs> what are ghost laws? Who are there ghost oh, laws? We need to talk to Beetlejuice. He had that. Little, yeah, I think he was I think he was disbarred. I don't think that's going <laughs> to The handbook for the recently deceased. There you go. Maybe then I will just cash those grandmother checks into money that doesn't exist. You're like gonna take a real Zelda check rupees to a ghost bank and get video game money. What about Monopoly money? Here's, a, here's a note from Grandma. Here's twenty Monopoly. <laughs> what ones. if ghosts use a different kind of money? You have to get it transferred. You have to cash it at a real bank, then go get it transferred. Like if you do the euro, that's where the haunting comes in. You're what getting... is the exchange rate of <laughs> Monopoly dollar to real dollar? You're getting Grandma put in a home there and be like, "Oh, she's sending us Monopoly money. Poor Grandma. She's really <laughs> lost it now." Now you're getting it. <laughs> I was haunting Grandma the, the whole, whole time. <laughs> everyone 
quick note about this episode, we will be discussing Haunted Houses. The films we'll be focusing on are 1979's Amityville Horror, The Others from 2001, and The House on Haunted Hill from 1999. Please make sure that if you want to see The Others at any point in your life, you should watch it now. Once we spoil the plot, you may have no desire afterwards. Please enjoy. Hey all you creatures from cyberspace, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how we doing today? Hola, como estas? We already did that bit. I know. What, is this The Matrix? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Good. Better than our haunted uh, people in these movies we're about to talk about. That's true. Some of these Same folks. Way. Oh, we got some real turds of movies to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little I think, spoiler alert. Uh, we're about to talk about 2.5 bad movies. 2.5 I think Amityville gets a half. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that one. Well, before we get there, um, any new and noteworthy things to talk about horror-wise? Um, I recently saw a trailer called Hereditary that claims to be this generation's exorcist. It's not going to be. You don't think so? No. I think we're due. I think every horror movie claims to be this <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that movie claiming to be this generation's exorcist is like me claiming to be this generation's like James Bond. Is the ex- There's just things that don't add up. <laughs> the exorcist of the dark souls of movies. Yeah. God. I, um, you know, I saw that trailer as well, surprisingly. And um, I, don't understand, I don't even know what the movie's about, which to me means it's a bad trailer. I'm going to give you listeners a peek behind the curtain. Literally, before we started this, Mark made us watch this trailer. Don't tell them how the magic happens. <laughs> the ma- yeah, the magicians does not tell them. No, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I, I The imagery looks neat. Um, the girl in it looks disturbing. What's the plot of the movie? I'm hoping to the, find <laughs> out with the film. The girl looks like she's got Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> I mean, she looks old as hell at like age like eight. I didn't do any research, so I hope that's not just her look. They're like, we just found this girl. Looks like this. Oh, what that? Tearing up an eight. I think you guys are gonna feel like shit (laughs) come two weeks from now. Uh, We'll see. I don't know. I it's it's it It did have some good imagery. It had good imagery, but again, any movie that basically doesn't tell you what it's about and then it's like the scariest thing you'll ever see. It's this generation's whatever. You're just kind of like immediately. I'm just like, and we're out. Yeah. all flash, no substance, kind of thing. I feel like if you've got a brag like that before, you know, to sell your film, I don't know, man. It doesn't never works out. You at home, watch the trailer. Tell us what you think. That's um, an order from Mark. Yes, you heard me. Um, also, Twitter will hide your grandmother's money. That she <laughs> yes. Check the begonias. It's in the begonias. Um, also, found out, and I think it's been in the works for a little bit, but we got a new puppet master coming out. Called the Littlest Reich. You told me about this, and I. There's one thing that you haven't said yet on the podcast that I am 100 percent behind, and I will watch this movie. That would be who's starring in it. We got Tom Lennon of Reno 911 starring in this Puppet Master movie. Now, is he the Puppet Master? Or is he like just the character in it? I checked IMDb. I think he's not going to be the Puppet Master. He might be the guy that's getting terrorized by the dolls this time. Maybe he is a puppet. Is he t- oh. just a little puppet version of him in the movie? Is there a trailer? No, it's still very... Uh, early. Well, I wanna... I'll tell you what. If you really want to find a trailer, they premiered it at one of the Texas Frightmares. Okay. So there's like some handy cam footage. Ooh, so we might be able to see one when we go. Yeah. 
Also, we're going to be heading out to the Texas Frightmare Weekend coming up in Dallas in May. So if you see us wearing shirts, come say hello. Or slap Mark in the back of the head. Or don't. I mean, you got a lot of options, really. There's so many things you could do here. There's a good chance they slap you. I don't think they know what I look like. (laughs) Just saying. All right. So today's episode is about haunted houses. So I was going to ask you guys what your feelings on haunted houses are. What do you think? Like... I don't believe that any house is haunted. Oh, man. That's such a big question. I don't know what I believe. I am super hopeful that haunted houses exist. I would like that. <laughs> I'd like to live in... Wait, you're hopeful that they exist? Yes, I would like to live in a universe where haunted houses are a thing. I think that would... I mean, most of our universe is boring and bland, so that would be cool. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> space is a goddamn no, nightmare, awesome. man. That's our universe. That's but, part of our. I mean, I'm not going to get into this right now. <laughs> Earth is boring and bland. Um, so I think and, I know what you're saying. Not supernatural in any way, um, but uh, you know, I don't believe. I guess because we would know by now. And it's telling that in an era where we're all carrying little 4K HD cameras in our pockets at all time. Suddenly we get no footage of anything. But in the 90s, when we all had just shitty ass video cameras, it's just creepy shit happening all the time. So I'm right there with you. Um, I actually have this down. Um, I think we live in a world that's way uh, is much duller and mundane than our imaginations can dream up. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty boring. I can dream some <laughs> mundane shit. Not you specifically. <laughs> Um, but you know, you, you go into a room, there's not enough light. You think you see a face, you run away, you tell everybody, so you saw a face and that's how we get mermaids and Bigfoots and things like that. Um, unfortunately it's, I don't think our world is nearly as fantastical as maybe we once believed before science and everything else kind of, uh, leaned into, uh, how dare you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of also why things like the paranormal activity scene of the woman standing over the bed being creepy creeps me out a little more than, say, like a demon creature showing up out of it. Because I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can see a crazy person hovering over me watching me sleep, and that creeps me out. The real horror is humanity. Oh. What every horror movie tells us, yeah. right? Cut it. Wrap it up. We are done here. <laughs> we are done. Podcast over, click. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think that haunted houses are a legit thing. I mean, I definitely think there are houses that are creepier than others for whatever the reason. I, again, I don't think it's you know ghosts or anything like that. But my imagination is way too overactive, which is one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of horror movies. Thank you guys very much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you might be on the um, wrong pod- welcome. To the I'm definitely on the wrong podcast. Yeah. We hope like, you stay. Yeah, <laughs> but um. You know, like, yeah, I don't like, like, oh, there's legitimately ghosts in there. But, like, my mind will basically see whatever the hell it wants to see. And that freaks me out. So, I don't know. Like, I don't have a problem with them so much because a haunted house can be solved by one simple act. Burn it to the fucking ground. <laughs> like, done and done. Like You've made it clear that fire is your answer to look, almost fire every Fire is a great answer to almost all these answers. You have a haunted ruin, then a haunted lot, and then another haunted house. <laughs> well, that's what happened kind of in Poltergeist, right? They built it on an Indian burial ground. They did. You only move the headstones. Oh, shit. We'll Spoiler alerts for Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen a 40-year-old movie, wreck your day. <laughs> Too bad. We're spoiling everything here. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Haunted houses. Also, you'll hear people talk about like orbs. They'll scan all their old photos. And if a speck of dust reflects yeah. light back at you, it looks like a circle and it's called an orb, but it's a spirit. Wait, orb. Is, really? Is that what yes, it's called? Yes, this is yeah. a thing. Those cameras are shit. Yeah. Everything was bad about those photos. It's a miracle that any of oh, those little, those out. little light imperfections, yeah. people are calling those ghosts. Right. 
Or if yeah. the exposure is a little off, and then you see a little, you know, a little ghost version of yourself, but you can't tell it to yourself. It's just which happens in photography. Yes, you can make that happen. Wait, this is a real thing. Yes. How have I not known? This is the stupidest Go sounding thing. Go Google orbs ever. after yeah. this, and oh, you're going to see. A huge thing in the haunted house uh, universe. Weird spiritual energy or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Do they do they it's talk in, about that uh, shit in like the ghost hunters and stuff like that? Maybe. Torben Spirit Guide, man, where you been? Torben Spirit Guide. <laughs> Torben's. 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 Torben's is the uh, the Gideon's Bible knockoff version yeah. of Torben's. John went to the dollar store and got himself the Torben. That's what I got at half price, man. Let it be. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about the movies we're going to be talking about today. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, Amityville Horror from 1979. We've got The Others from 2001 and the remake House on Haunted Hill from 1999. Man, does it feel every bit of 1999. Oh, oh yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, we'll get to that. But let's go ahead and start off with Amityville Horror. Yep. Arguably probably the, the most believable uh, haunted house movie we did. Yes, it was the best, I think, of the... Bunch. Of the of the yeah. ones we did today, yes, it absolutely was the better. Uh, still a very boring movie, and I mean, I know that's again the time. Yes, you know, filmmaking was a little bit slower, but wow, there was moments where it was just like you gotta go, it's so you gotta do something. We were there for the entire it was house par- purchase process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was paranormal activity level slow. You need to see that kind of stuff so you can relate to the characters. They can yeah. afford an eighty thousand dollar home in 1975 the deleted scenes where they go to the bank and try to get financing and they basically have to go through their, that was really the best part of the film <laughs> yeah, i can't believe that was on the cutting room shame they cut it yes yeah. all right well here's what the back of the vhs box has to say Ooh. the dream that became a nightmare when the lutz family moved into their dream house in amityville new york they triggered off a series of menacing and inexplicable events which caused them to doubt even their own sanity the previous occupants had been murdered, leaving an evil presence lurking around every corner and behind every door, bent on destruction and so powerful that even the church could not exercise it. Well, the church didn't try. I know. Well, they triggered it. What did they do to trigger it? In fact, I got a Other lot. Other than moving yeah, in. I have a ton of problems with that. It's issues with this, right? Yeah, it's absolutely not accurate, in it, really in any way. In fact, I don't even think they all start to doubt their sanity. They all start to doubt uh, the main guy. Was it George's sanity? Mm-hmm. George. George Lutz. Yeah. yeah. This um, is based off a. This is based off like a real <clears throat> tale, a real um, yes. what they what they call a real but event. It's all BS. They got sued for making it up, and it's been a whole. Yeah. No. There's been some great documentaries about people. it. <clears throat> so this house was the uh, actual location for some grisly murders. Um, I believe it is the DeFeo family. The 23-year-old murdered everybody in the house. So that's what kicks it off. Mm -hmm. And then the Lutzes did actually move in, paying very little for it, probably for the size, right? Yeah. Um, And then... Wait, let's let's stop right there. Okay. Would you buy a house which you know an entire family just got murdered in? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't believe in ghosts, right? So we just talked about it. I mean, but what, what if they didn't find the killer? Then... That would probably change my answer. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the house probably, I mean, the house, what did George say? The house doesn't have memories. So. But look, I, Halloween, he went back to that house and oh, he was okay. hanging out in it. That's fair. You don't <laughs> want to go there. That's okay. all I'm saying, man. Ooh, that's that's stone cold logic right there. If you the yeah, killer's you got on me the beat. Yeah, the killer's on the loose. My you bad. don't buy the house. <laughs> but uh, he was in jail, right? He's still in prison. As far as I know, the dude's still alive. Oh, is he? He was 23 when this occurred oh, okay. back in the 70s. And from yeah, what I understand, he's enough. still serving his time. Uh, but the Lutz has moved in. Um, and then that's when all this, uh, uh, this is actual events. 
they went ahead and uh, freaked out. The world became aware of it. And then, John, like you were saying, at some point, they had a falling out with a lawyer. Yeah. Right. And then he came out and said it was all a farce. They made up the whole story while drinking. JK. Yeah. Whoops. So How did, how did they confirm that? Like straight up? Like he just said it? Do you think it was vindictive or do you think that actually truly they'd made it up? I think they made it up. I mean, very I don't likely. Think yeah. true. <laughs> very likely, but you know. Um, but who's to say for sure, right? If you believe in that stuff, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I am. Extraordinary John claims is. require extraordinary <laughs> evidence and we just, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, interestingly <laughs> enough, horror movies are shit. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> no, I love horror movies. No, I know. I'm just joking. Because I believe that it could happen. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it, it begs that question of, and this is something that goes to haunted houses in general, is like, you know, like you said, they went crazy. You know, like, if your mind makes something real, you know, like, how you real is it to you? Crazy. Yeah. Which I think is one of the things that we we see more than anything people like haunted houses and stuff that have to move and things like that. It's just, you know, you mm-hmm. make it a reality. Right. Um, interestingly enough, the, uh, one of the sons made a documentary film or somebody approached him and they made one called my Amityville horror. And that is okay. actually, so I saw that, that cover because the cover basically is like two toned. It's red and like white. And then the my is red on red. So you can't really see my. So when you go to like watch it on, I think it was like Amazon or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. like you think you're about to watch Amityville Horror, but it's actually that documentary. Yeah. yeah. That's because they know the only way to watch is if they trick you. <laughs> they, tr- they tricked me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll admit, I started it up. I was Same. like, this isn't the right damn thing. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's about how that whole th- uh, circumstance made his life miserable. And I think if I read correctly, he believes that it all actually happened. So really, more power to him. If I'm wrong, you can tell me. But that was my what I gathered from reading about it online. Huh. So, as we mentioned, this house was the site of a brutal murder, uh, multiple murder, and the Lutz family moves in. Now, this movie stars Margot Kidder, James Brolin, and Rob Steiger. I think is how you pronounce that. Rod Steiger or Steiger. And it was directed by Stuart Rosenberg. Wait, Margot Kidder. We she had was, her in. She was in Black Christmas. Black Christmas. The yeah. first episode and she's we Lois did. Lane, of course. Oh, okay. That's why that sounds familiar. I'm like, I'm like, you guys have mentioned this person before. I'm like, who the hell? I gotta tell you, she was looking way better in Amityville Horror than in Black Christmas. <laughs> it's because she wasn't drunk. Fair enough. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody looks good after doing Black Christmas. <laughs> no one does, no. Um, yeah, so uh, Margot Kidder and James Broland are looking for a home. They had recently got married. Um, probably one of my favorite parts of the movie is whenever James Broland was trying to convince the realtor that they were having sex out of wedlock or whatever because he's like, oh, you have children, but you just got married. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like, but... Oh, and you could just tell she's like, she's got that mentality of like, I can't believe these sinners, yeah. you know? Actually, I know we talked about how it's like a slow burn, <laughs> but I think that that whole scene of them buying the house was like a good way to understand how they are as a couple before all this crazy shit went happen, right? They're definitely, really playful. Definitely needed, they, they yeah. obviously love each other a lot. Like, I thought it was a really good character building scene. That's true. I agree it, with that. It, I think it is needed because it does introduce their characters to the audience. It's the it's the in between that and when stuff starts really happening that's kind of like a really slow burn between yeah, that. It's all seventies horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have to say that when they were showing off the house, they kept flashing to the grisly murders. Yes. And there was one particular scene when they're walking up the stairs where the film completely pauses on them 
you hear a lot of loud noises and then it cuts to the scene happening. And I thought it was such a weird choice. Well, when it first started happening, I thought my stream was fucked up. You thought your video was buffering too, right? That's exactly what I thought. I was like, Oh, what's going on? Um, so they end up buying the house at a steal, um, moving in all that good stuff. Um, and then without any explanation, a priest shows up and goes into the house to the audience. We have no idea you, why he shows like, up. Like were of, of the time period, though. I think it was pretty common to have a priest come and bless your house. Like if you were a Catholic in that time period, that was, like, forty years ago, everybody knew what was happening. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I do because my mom had a priest come over when. Because that dude just walked and... straight in the house well, and went straight to the hot fly weird. room. <laughs> I think having the priest come over pretty normal. Him being like, "I'll just help myself." And right. I'll... You think he would go find the family? Like, hey, by the way, I'm ready to start blessing the home. Hey, man, these priests are busy. They got a schedule. It's like it's like. The cable I got guys. 74 more houses to see. I need you to be here in. between two and three because I'm in and out. Yeah, he, it is weird. He was just like, I'll help myself to their home. Yeah, so he goes into a room. He puts on his dressing <laughs> and his garments. He walked in with like the next room with like a sandwich and just <laughs> like like he just completely helped wearing one of their robes. It's like, well, let's do this. Makes himself some dinner. Sits down and eats and then blesses the home. Takes his time. So one of the things the movie does, which I like, is it appears to immediately fuck with anybody of any religious belief. Like, if there's some level, right? Because Margot Kidder is religious. Yeah. She's having a house blessed, but they make it through several days. Now, these people that are within the church, immediate visceral reactions occur yes i like that also there's no confusion about if this house is haunted they don't try to play a game <laughs> it's like you know right i mean the house yells at the priest yeah straight up so the priest is trying to bless the home he's in the hot fly room that's what i'm going to call it for now on yeah, it's weird because the houses a, have that but i think it was common in the 70s it was a, it was an option <laughs> yeah that they put on I'm sorry. Was that a real thing? Oh, oh, I was like, I was like, wait, that's not a real thing, is it, dude? You guys had me so confused. I was like, three bedroom, two bath, and a hot fly room, please. I mean, I know the flies are in it, but I know they had like a room specifically designed, like where the heat could be. Whatever. Well, I'm describing what happens to the priest. So he okay, goes, yes. he goes into the room, and he's, you could just tell he's uncomfortable. He's sweaty. All these flies start building up, and he's like, well, okay, and just starts going through it. Like he's so weird. He should immediately be like, something isn't right. You have a pest problem. <laughs> There's one fly. Oh, okay. The whole window's filled with flies. That's their problem. And then Where's my holy water? And he's like praying with them flying in his face. Yeah. And then he has his reactions and leaves. Right. Well, because the house is like, get out. Right. Screams at him to leave. Which and is he... the only time it talks. That really kind of took me out of the moment. Yeah. It was it like, oh, don't talk to him. Imagine if the house just yelled at them the whole... That was the whole movie. <laughs> Don, get your feet off the table. Seriously, bro. The house is... <laughs> Get out. God, are you at it again? I'd call it my mad house. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I found it very odd that the priest didn't go find the family yet again and be yeah. like, I got to go. Your house just yelled at me. Look, I'm freaking out and I'm hot and there's flies everywhere. He's like, I'm going to call him when I'm safe at the church. Which is stupid. This is before the advent of even pagers. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no like... They got to be at the house, at that phone, and at the landline to even receive this information. He knew where they were because he saw them from the window. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, they're at the boat dock. Well, too far for me to go. And then the entire film is like the priest trying to get a hold of the family the rest of the time. And I kind of thought the rest of his story was pointless. 
Yeah, I think it was to show per the back of the box, even the church is powerless against <laughs> this. Because, you know, some crazy shit does happen to him. He's in, he gets these blisters on his hands and then he's doing mass and he goes blind. Before we leave the priest, him going blind led to what I felt was like one of the just most 70s scenes in the world where people are just so inconsiderate because his little priest buddy is like, oh, hey, here's your food. God, it's such a beautiful day out here. <laughs> yeah. You want to eat here all the time? It's like, he can't see what you're seeing, this beautiful <laughs> park that you're in. That's cold-blooded, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, if you could see what I'm seeing right now, buddy, oh, boy. Um, Isn't vision wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never take yeah. it for granted. Remember, I'll tell you what. Remember when you could have seen? Ah, oh, now it would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the house is a kind of a fixer-upper. We see him putting in some, uh, what was it, like cabinet lining, pantry lining. and Wallpaper. Doing some fix-ups. They bring The kids are there. They're getting into trouble, doing the kids' shit. Um Another real 70s thing is that, yeah, they're putting up wallpaper everywhere. <laughs> right. Not a thing you do nowadays. Not good wallpaper either. No, it's very... Ugly, yeah. ugly 70s wallpaper. Going through, you know, they're doing their, their stuff. And little by little, I mean, very little by little, you start seeing George be weird. And um, the very first, like, kind of jump out weird scene is he is just chopping wood for what seemingly ever... And um, he's obsessed with that wood. Yeah, because he's cold all the time. He's like, I got to watch the fire. I got to take care of the fire. Um, so he's chopping. He's chopping. preparing. He's yeah. preparing for what needs to be done. He's chopping the wood, you know, forever. And um, and he gets real snappy with his family. I mean, it's really almost like he becomes an alcoholic. He's always sweating. He's but like, we never see him drink, right? No. I feel like if they made this movie today, he would have definitely been boozing it up the whole I think time. If there were no ghosts and this, and he was just an alcoholic, this would have been like a real popular Lifetime movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, so the ghost uh, infestation of George uh, resembles alcoholism. So he gets real snappy. He yells at the kids. He's sweating constantly. And they think he has the flu or something. And it seems to be affecting the family in different ways, right? So Margot Kidder's getting all these phantom phone calls, or the priest is trying to get yeah. a hold of her the whole time, and it's just static. Yeah, she has, like, uh, the Garrett ha- uh, haunting, where he, the ghost's just annoying her. Like, oh, you want to use the phone? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, the youngest daughter... It's effective. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest daughter then has an imaginary friend, all of a sudden, Jody. Right. Now, this must have been an accepted practice because it's cropped up in several films in my lifetime of the children having imaginary friends. Yeah, Drop Dead Fred. Did you guys have an imaginary <laughs> friend or did you actually know anybody in school that had an imaginary friend? I did not. I did know a person. Did Okay. Yes, and I'm not going to I'm not going to call him by name. I still know this Don't person. Have to. It's fine. And um it was a real thing that was that had to be addressed. Is this person a girl? Yes. It seems to be, because in all the movies, mm. it's always girls, or 99% of the time, it's like little, uh, little I girls find, you have. I find... And in- she had friends. She had friends, like, legit, like, but she also had an imaginary friend, and it got to the point, I want to say, oh, man, what, like, 11 or 12, where, like, we, like, a bunch of the kids that hung out with her, like... She was still with the imaginary friend? She still had an imaginary friend, oh, and we all got brought over to the oh. house and talked to by the parents, and our, you know, like, some of the parents were there, and it was like, okay, going forward, you don't get to acknowledge this person anymore. Like, you don't, you don't play into this, and it was like... When it, and it was, it was so weird as a kid. intervention. It was kind of, it was kind of like this, like, like, don't, 
give into this anymore. And that was like, wow. So it eventually like died out. It eventually just kind of became like a, like she grew out of it, I guess. But I it's uh, just so bizarre to be honest with you. It's I mean, weird that it was I get the psychology of it, but like, you know, it was one of those things where like, cause she looked legitimate. I don't think she like believed that it was sitting right next to her. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't know the, the mindset of it, but it was just like, She'd flat out be like, well, you know, like, I can't, you guys, I'm playing with my friend. And it was like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. If <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have any kids, but if I did, I would immediately go get that child a dog or a cat or an, an actual friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, she had friends, though. That's the thing is she had friends. That's weird. Like, we were her friends. We that's hung odd. out with her a lot. And it was just one of those things where it was just like, you know, like, hey, do you want to go do this? You know, like, well, no, I'm hanging out with my friend today. And it was just like. Okay, I mean, we we didn't like make a big deal of it because it was like, okay, that's weird. She's got an imaginary friend, whatever. But then eventually, like when the parents sat us down, we're like, okay, you, we're not going to, you know, she says that you need. I to I wonder like, how no. long that would have gone on if they hadn't. Stopped I have it. no idea, but it was really interesting because, like, hmm. at that point, it got real, like, real for us. We're mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is weird. This might be wrong. This might be, you know, like until the parents made it weird, it was not weird for us at all. So <laughs> sure. Probably didn't oh. think much of it at that point. Jody is a terrible imaginary friend. It really fucks with this lady's uh, babysitter. Real yeah. piece of yeah. shit. So, that yeah. <laughs> Margot Kidder's brother's going to get married. There's a matter of paying a caterer in the 70s $1,500, which seemed like an exorbitant it's amount of cash. $8,000 in today's money. Is it? Yeah. That's way too much 19- money. Well, it depends on how big the wedding is. Look, I had a wedding once. Get out, and, you. <laughs> yeah, the caterer bill was nowhere near fifteen. Look, you guys, I'm on my sixth. So. I'm on my sixth marriage here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it number was, three was Taco Bell bean burritos. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Fifteen hundred dollars in 1975, which is when the movie takes place, is uh, so eight thousand dollars. Yeah, eight thousand dollars. Ludicrous. In their house, for while we're doing inflation by John, uh, eighty thousand dollars in 1975 is four hundred thousand dollars. That was a huge. That house would be about four hundred thousand yeah. dollars now, if uh, not way more. Money. So, like well, that was I a would expect huge house. The location. Didn't they have like the lake right yeah, behind it or lake, something? A mm-hmm. boathouse, yeah, dude, that house would be so stuff. expensive now, man. In the millions, I think. We just need to find a good murder house to move into. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, you guys. Did they ever say what state it's in? New York. New York. Oh yeah, that's a million dollar home for sure. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. So. Yeah, the uh, the brother comes over and he is gonna get married. Um, George, he just dropped twenty thousand dollars on flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your bill, buddy. You need some help. Yeah. Um, George is still going through the transformation phase of being affected by the home. He's got sick. He's like looks like he has the flu or alcoholism. Yeah, um, but he has to be the best man now. Why the brothers at the home? He loses the money. Just vanishes. Yeah, it disappears whole scene they start freaking out and then finally that's mark being the ghost he's hiding that grandma money (laughs) it's in the begonias it's over there um he offers to go ahead and pay the money he's going to write a check for it to move the wedding forward during which he's too sick to continue and then they leave home so just as the movie progresses in that caterer's defense by the way he's like checks bounce checks get canceled he's like i'm gonna be good for it we find out later that check totally bounced Yes. Do we really? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. He had every right to do what he was doing. Yes. He's like, listen, this has happened. And I, I think that was a thing in the 70s. People just wrote checks and Bad didn't give a shit. Bad checks left and right, yeah. yeah. They probably weren't, <laughs> it probably wasn't as... Uh, uh, yeah, when his like uh, little partner in the business comes over and is like, yo, you need to sign the paychecks. And then he's like, they should have been paid yesterday. The guy's like, yeah, fucking no, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole scene. Um, something we haven't mentioned yet is that every night at 3.15 is about the time George wakes up and starts being weird. Yeah. 
okay. the weirding hour. Right. And I was going to say, wasn't that the same time that the Emily Rose shit was happening? Yeah, that's the witching hour. That was three. But was it 3.15 or not? It wasn't It wasn't three on the dot, but it was close to three. Maybe it was, it was three like 3.14 or 3. I think it was like, yeah, that might be right. So I wonder if these movies are just aping themselves to or the if internet. there's something to it. <laughs> I don't know. We need to find that out because that actually, if 3.15... Is a wait, what's the, the Bible thing, John 314? 316. 316. Yeah. Stone Cold 316 is right. what we're looking okay, for. Okay, that's how I remember it. Stone Cold said so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, Stone Cold the Wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was his catchphrase. Oh, okay. It is a European tradition that the witching hour is between 3 and 4 a.m. It's considered a period of peak supernatural activity due to the absence of prayers in the canonical hours during this period. That's weird. That's about the time I'm getting my fifth beer. (laughs) I'm doing my own witching. Also, another number that we've seen before comes up is 28 days. That's how long the family makes it in the home before they evacuate. I feel like that's just a coincidence. Yeah, I might be reaching a bit. (laughs) Maybe, but I just wanted to bring it up. All right. These numbers... Maybe they mean something. There's only so many numbers, you know? So There's some, like, Dustin Hoffman Rand man out there being like, it all makes sense! Yeah. It's like a beautiful <laughs> mind. He's writing on glass and shit, trying to connect it. Yeah. So they leave the wedding early because George is sick. Now, meantime, um, the daughter's being watched over by a babysitter who has the worst dental head oh brace that I've seen in a movie. It's around her head, wrapped around, just metal coming out of her face. And I felt Dude, so that's poor. that's how it was, was back like, then, I know. Yeah, it's like a Hellraiser how... like, cameo <laughs> in this movie. Look, a Cinnabite made her yeah. way in this film. Uh, but yeah, just looking at it, I was like, man, we're at like Invisalign now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're like two seconds away from just lasering everyone's teeth. Uh, yeah, I felt bad for her. But um, she gets trapped in a closet. And the little girl refuses to let her out because her imaginary friend wouldn't let yeah. her do so. There's no lock on this door. It wouldn't open. Take a look. Look, see? It wouldn't open. Why didn't Jackie. you open the door? Why Jackie. didn't you answer me? Jackie. Why didn't you unlock the door? You were Jackie knocking? Jody wouldn't let me. Jody? Who's Jody? She's my friend, and she comes to play with me. Jesus Christ. What the hell are we standing here listening to? And weren't you told to go to bed? Go on, get out of here! These kids of yours need some goddamn discipline. And I was really annoyed with that. That little girl would be grounded. Real dick. And the, also, George comes in. He's also a dick. He's like, there's no lock on this door. He's like, watch. Then he gets in, closes the door, and then just gets out. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. Make her feel really yeah. good. He's like, what are you, stupid? Yeah. Look. Well, to be fair, if you got your if you got someone watching your kid and they can't get out of a non-locked door, uh, maybe you have a, right, a little yeah. bit of right to be a little upset and be like, wait a minute. Watch me. I'll show you how doors work. You close it, you turn the knob, and you open it. Are those braces in the way of your eyes? Because look, clickety-clack, it's open. Well, you guys are really picking on these people in this movie. So anyway, a bunch of shit happens. Right. And then they're like, little girl, why didn't you open the door? She's been screaming for three hours or so. Yeah. And she's like, well, Jody wouldn't let me. And then James Brolin's like, fuck is Jody? And he's like, it's my imaginary friend. And he's, he's quoted saying, Jesus Christ, why the hell we stand here listening to this? And like, just he's being a dick to everyone in the room, not right. just the girl trapped. But I think in this case, he was right. Because even, uh, you know, Margot Kidder was like, we should have let her out when the kid was like, oh, he yelled at me. <laughs> he's mad at me. Yeah. It was close to dumb. Yeah. That's basically what she's saying. But yeah. 
Um, from there, where do we go? It just keeps getting weirder and weirder. There's like black shit shooting out of the toilet at some point. And I want to know, to your point, yeah, we really are tearing on this movie. And this is the one of the three that we liked. <laughs> yes. Yes. It only gets worse from here, people. I don't know how people did it in the 70s where every single movie was like this. But every once in a while, it is cool to have just a really kind of slow building period. I love a good slow burn movie as long as there's enough content there to keep it interesting. But... What we run into in this is just like, you know, like the interesting stuff. And this goes back to the same thing as paranormal activity, except on a much larger scale in that movie, is that you have something really interesting happen and then mundane stuff happen in between it. Like if it was like something interesting but slow and kind of more mellow in between those moments, I'd be like, okay, this is still interesting. But the problem is it goes back to, as you guys said, just day-to-day mundane routine and pointless conversation that hasn't no bearing on what's going on. I That's think, another thing. People don't talk about the shit that happens in between these scenes. Like, you know, like, like, oh, this totally happened. And it's like, okay, so let's talk about what are we going to do for breakfast? And we it's do like, get a good scene where we should, uh, the ghost apparently enables George to become an excellent axe thrower. Just, you know, oh, he, he just, yeah, lo- just launched it like 30 <laughs> yards away and yeah. straight into the and tree. It's not even a throwing axe. It's just a regular. I mean, yeah, that, like he has been chopping wood for like I mean, a year now ooh. or however long it's been. So the weird shit keeps happening and happening. Like by day 11, Margot Kidder gets those weird boils on her face. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff just doesn't, isn't really clicking with me, you know? Um, I think they pulled a lot of the original actual story from mm-hmm. the Lutzes and we're trying to jam it into this movie. Or maybe this ghost isn't all that evil, right? And he's just, or she, they, I'll say they, are just trying to gently get these people to fucking leave. And they're like, geez, do we gotta go to the fucking boils now? Like, yeah, they're maybe. just slowly ramping it up and they're like, all right, we're just gonna have to kill him now. Towards mm-hmm. the end of the film, there is like maybe 10 seconds where Margot Kidder has old lady makeup on. Yeah. Like I had to stop and rewind. I was like, what is happening? Why does she look like that? And then all of a sudden she was fine. Well, I think some, made, like, back then they were really into the subliminal shit, too. So maybe they yeah. didn't intend for you. They were just trying to get this like uh, a feeling of like disorientation and discomfort. Mm. I think also, I, I, I took it as like, you know, this is like, it's just taking its toll on her. You know, yeah. like it's it's just slowly draining her. And, you know, it was like, yeah. but again, that it had it had hits and misses. And I went and looked it up. And it's part of this original story was that, George thought his wife looked 90 years old and her teeth were falling out and all kinds of stuff. So there is credibility to that scene. It just didn't, like, it, in the movie, 40 years later, it's like, why Why did that even happen for a split yeah. second? You know what I mean? So as they go along, there keep the hauntings and the weird happenings still keep happening. The dog has been pawing away at this spot in the cellar. Which is your first indication. Something's right there. there. Yeah. If your animal, awesome. if your animal's pawing at anything or, like, extremely interested in a, a specific something and shit's been going weird... Stop and be like, all right, Fido, let's look into this. Further uh, animal abuse. That poor dog's paws were fucked because he had been pawing at it for so long. They're all bloody and gross. Now, you briefly mentioned that George Lutz's uh, work partner came over to sign his checks. Well, they show up again. He brings his wife, who apparently is some sort of clairvoyant, or she's very susceptible to... She says, I'm very sensitive to this. I don't know what that means, but all right. So she's freaking out about the house, and then they go downstairs, and she's like, this is it. This is where the evil's coming from, where the dog has been pawing at the whole time. And then she decides she's just going to start whacking on the dude's house. Yeah. And takes like, out a wall. Get in here. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, actually, cool. <laughs> and then there's some weird red room. Yeah. Just buried there. And I think, didn't they say it's a portal to hell? Yeah, that's exactly what they called it. Yeah, the portal to hell. Yep. And to answer your question, yes, Garrett, I would still live in the house even if there was a portal to hell. In yeah, you just re, you know, you just put that wall back. I'd make it a blue room. Day? Yeah. 
<laughs> Repaint it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. If there was a walled up room in a house that was like that creepy, I'd definitely be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, they probably were like, oh, look, it's a dark room. Nice. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to develop some film in yeah. here. Thank you, Hell Portal. I wonder if you could fill it with concrete. I feel like that would be the only way I'd be okay with it. Or but it's a portal, right? So imagine you're just pouring all this concrete, and somewhere in hell, concrete is just falling. The devil is like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> <laughs> Another cinder block fell through. Jesus, we're going to need to step our haunting game up. So it, it, as we progress, Margot Kidder starts having dreams of George killing her and her kids. Yes, axe which right to the head. We almost get to that point. Right. Where There's I was, some real Shining level stuff. I think this movie yeah. came out in 79 and yep. Shining came out in 80. So I wonder how much... Was bleed. this one before? Yeah, this was actually before yeah. uh, The Shining. This is, yeah. It's but who knows, who knows how long <laughs> Shining was in development yeah. and in production when versus the, when the, this The Shining movie. was a story, right? So when did the story come out? Oh. That was probably... Probably earlier than that, yeah. yeah. So Maybe that's how they got their story. Maybe. They Ooh. read it and then said, this happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for a little while there, I didn't know if Roland was actually going to go through with the murders, but... Yeah, no. finally they're like deuces, and yes. they leave. They leave, 28 days later. Right. Though, I will say, one of the more realistic parts is they're like, they forgot the dog, and they stop the car, he runs back in, goes gets the dog, and then leaves. I was like, yeah, I would have did that too. Did that was know? nice of him. I appreciated that. Yeah. And that's so. when he fell through the portal and fell into the black goo. Yes, and then the dog didn't recognize him at first and started gnawing at his arm. But then he's like, oh, yeah, let me help you out. Yep. To be fair, um, that's understandable. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You become a black goo monster. I expect your animal to be like, hold up. I might start chomping at your arm. <laughs> I love black goo. <laughs> um, do you guys know what's up with the pig in the window? It was like a boar with red eyes. Uh, I, I just thought for a split was second that fucked me up. Shit, yeah. That really fucked me up. Did I'm it? not gonna lie. I don't think there's that like any was... deeper uh, meaning to it besides just creepiness. Yeah. Again, you guys know how I feel about like faint shit in the windows, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. not a fan whatsoever. But they get away, and um, the family goes on. Do they? Is there any after? Like when they drive away? I'm... No, they put some text on the screen that's like, "Yeah, they never came back." Yeah. <laughs> so that's that movie. <laughs> you know, don't I have think, a lot else to say on it to be honest despite having some concerns um i actually think it was all right i really do i think for its time for it was its, probably for really, its really time solid. and the visual of it was definitely if you cut solid. out 15 20 and minutes like, i'd probably be more hot on it you know like i mean kind of the you know foundational haunted house movie it's one of the the genre defining movies that's true it's famous yes but this is the thing, and this goes back, and this happens in horror movies in general, but like specifically these kind of slow burn time period pieces, you know, not time period, but like, you know, like it took place at that time and these type of things happen. The moment something like some of these things happen, guess what? You call your best friend and be like, dude, I need you to spend the night over here. Like, I need you to see what the fuck's going on. Is it just me? Is it you? Like, what's yeah. going on here? And it's not like enough people didn't experience crap in that house to come to this decision earlier. Yeah. Like, it didn't have to get as bad as it got for them. To, I mean, other than the fact that maybe they were just like, well, we spent a lot of money on this. But at the mm-hmm. same time, though, the priest, the brother, the clairvoyant, like, lady right. we friend. Totally you know, like, over her aunt, conveniently a nun, who comes in and yeah. like, I got a dip. Right, she got immediately <laughs> sick. <laughs> okay, I want every nun I meet in life to be like, yo, it's been cool, but I got a dip. <laughs> just, 
Like me again at the wedding, she could have been like, yo, I felt some unnatural stuff in that house. And so she's like, I don't know. I drove a half mile and And I puked everywhere. <laughs> How's your day? Like, yeah. yeah. But, but we like... did fail to mention that the priest spent a large amount of time trying to get back yes. to the home to the... tell them there was an issue with a car. The priest like is they the couldn't only get back one over there. who was like trying to, to save them. Until his parish like... was like, you're not allowed over there. Yeah, he tells like his his superior priest and the other priest is like you're talking crazy bro this is the 70s that kind of stuff doesn't happen dial it down and i get i get that response <laughs> but the thing is is like you how have like at least you can count on two hands how many people yeah. have experienced shit in this house at some point you all got to basically get together and be like so tom right <laughs> you know like we're not the only ones here right i mean yeah. i feel like so many people could basically like just get together and be like okay you know what this ratio is Big enough for us to either a do something about it. I think George George's psychosis was to the point where he wasn't willing to leave. Yeah, George and that's sure. fine. But everyone else, it's not like George was friends with all these people specifically. Like the wife knew these people. The wife talked to these people. They experienced the kid, the babysitter. I mean, the thing is, it's like it's not just like all dependent on George not being like, "Well, you guys, let's calm it down." Like everyone's like, "We all have seen some shit here." <laughs> At some point, like George, you want to stay? Cool, I'll call you. Like, like at what point does yeah, like the rest the of the point. like the family not be like, okay, cool? They should have packed up and left. I mean, she went to the library and was looking at microfiche, and when she saw, oh, that's right, she yeah. saw the guy who looked exactly like George, which was brought up by several people in the town. Yeah, but they seem the really hush hush about not wanting to talk about the murders of the family that move yeah. in. You think like, hey, by the way, no, the bartender like spilled the whole. Beans. Oh, you're right. He was like, yeah, to George, I brutally murdered everybody. All right, you look just oh, like him. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there's the laws beer. that say you have to disclose that kind of shit. So, well, they knew about it. Yeah, yeah, they did so. know. Because George was like, oh, homes don't have memories. That's what he said in like the very beginning. So they didn't. They were just hot on that price. I Good wish that movie would have ended with memories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, unless you guys have anything to say, uh, anything else to say, um, just a couple things about this film. Have you guys seen the remakes? Yes. Are they... I saw the, orig- the, like, the one with um, what's it, Ryan Reynolds, that one. Yeah, I guess. 2005. I, I think, think they remade yeah. this movie like twice or three times or something like that. Yeah, the, but... the most recent remake I saw, it's all right. You know, it's, it's much more modern. It's definitely less of a slow burn Um you know, you don't get to see uh, all the wood chopping and the grocery shopping. So, oh, well, I'm know. out. I'm yeah. out. Would you say that you like the original more? Yes. Okay. Well, fun fact, Harrison Ford was in consideration to play James Brolin's role until a little movie called Star Wars happened. I couldn't see him doing that role. No, I don't I think, think so either. I don't think he'd be good at it. They probably had the right choice yeah. in mind with, with Brolin. Uh, Margot Kidder was on record saying she hated this film. I heard that. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, cool. Me and Margot Kidder have something in common now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're interested, the house officially sold to its most recent owner in 2017 uh, for $605,000, which is 200000 less than its asking price. Hmm. I wonder yeah. if that's just because of... I wonder why that is. They also changed the address. Oh. Well, I know, I know that's a thing. I know they had a big mm-hmm. problem where people were like creeping onto their property to like mm-hmm. get to that house and like check it out and shit like that. Now, that would fuck me up more than like... That's probably what's affecting their property value. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they, they have to do that. Like they, they're tearing down that house and remember the house in Breaking Bad with the, that they oh, lived the in? Pizza. Yeah, they're yeah. tearing that house down because they can't get people to like... Or they, they, they closed it off or something because yeah. they can't get people to like stop coming and throwing pizzas on the roof. <laughs> yeah. So I think that happens with like anything like, you know. They yeah. altered the house. They took out those windows that look like eyes and put square ones in. 
Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the ghost I get is it. Really pissed. You can't yeah. even see. You changed my eyes. <laughs> the house next door is like, sure is a nice day, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful out here. I'll never take sight for granted again. Oh, uh, okay. Fuck right. this movie. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about the others. Let's now, not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You just want to scrap it? Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about this garbage movie that you garbage people made me watch. I will say that I remember watching it when it came out in 2001, and I actually enjoyed it back then. The first time you watch it, I think it's all right because it has a cool twist. But before we get to the actual movie, I want the audience to know that Mark somehow found the collector's edition DVD. Two discs. Two discs. <laughs> yeah. It came in a collector's edition. It has, yeah, multiple discs. Um, there were multiple incredible. copies of this at the half price book. So All if the, you're interested, yeah. $2 a piece. If you want the collector's edition of the others. So there's an original documentary on this. There's an, a visual effects piece. There's a zero derma pigmentosum. What is it? The story of a family dealing with the disease portrayed in the others. An intimate look at the art director Alejandro Aminbar. The oh, others boy. still got it. God, this is terrible. If you weren't bored enough with this movie, you could watch the documentary. Mark bought it for two dollars though, so yes. I feel like he he did buy it for the correct no, I'm price. I'm just amazed it exists. Well, let's me read you what this DVD says what it's about. Not. No, you know what? Let's not read this one. All right, I'm going to tell you what this movie's about real All quick. Right. Garrett, what it's about? This is a garbage film that Nicole Kidman <laughs> probably got way too much money to do. She didn't want to be in it. Did she not? No, okay, she I wonder because I was like, she's phoning this crap in. Like, I the whole movie, I was like, I was like, she doesn't look like she wants to be yeah, there. She, came, she was coming off of Moulin Rouge, and I was like, man, I don't want to do something this dark after something that fun. And they were like, here's a lot of money, and I guess she was like, fine. And then. And halfway through, she tried to quit because it was, I mean, this is more about Nicole Kidman than anything. It was giving her nightmares and she was crying all the time. And I just- What? Imagine, yeah. Well, I imagine the nightmares were, my name is going to be associated with this movie. Okay, hopefully that's it. About it. <laughs> Good God. Because uh, this movie is terrible. And I'm not, okay, I'm going to burn through this synopsis real quick because I don't want to spend a lot of time building it up. And I just want to get to the heart of what goes on here. So basically, it's a period piece that takes place back in like- like 1945, I guess World War II had yeah, just. It's really hard to tell because it feels more like 18 yeah. something, yes. Yeah. But they keep talking about Nazis, so yeah, it has to be. Yeah, so like she lives on an island. Like her husband and her bought this place. She has kids. Her husband went off to fight in the war and never came back. And never came back. Doesn't know the status of that situation. She's there with her kids. Her kids have a like a, a condition where they're allergic to the sun and they'll break out and like boils and sores if the direct light hits them which is a real disease yes oh is it yep yeah okay that's you, you oh, read I guess it. that's, yeah. oh that's, that's what, what it's called read. okay but so, supposedly only a thousand people in the world have it okay well so like it's so that happens so out of nowhere she's there with these two kids that you haven't seen yet and then like these three people show up an old man an old woman and like a young girl a younger girl maybe like 20s who doesn't speak anymore they show up basically like oh we're here to help like, we're here to be, like, houseworkers and stuff. And she's like, okay, that's cool. Which I had a real problem with. Yes, because she's like, oh. She didn't take any references. She didn't take any right. papers, nothing. She's like, oh, you want to work here? Come on in. Right, and she's like, oh, wait, hold on. My newspaper ad didn't go in. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. So, like, evidently she had an ad for help, and she never actually sent it in. Right. And then later on in the movie, she's like, well, how did you guys know to come ask for help? Because my ad hadn't even been sent into the paper. And they're like, oh, well, we used to work here before, 
before, so we just came back seeing if maybe like you needed help. She and like, she's like, fine. okay, that's cool. You have children. Yeah. You know, it's like you you hired a nanny and this woman just gave you this bullshit excuse yeah. and you're like, cool. She's a bad no mother. Questions. I have no follow-up questions. Oh, about she's that. a really <laughs> bad mother. So she basically these people come in, she's like, sure, you can work with this guy. You're gonna be a handyman. You live out in the shed, lady and the mute girl, you guys can live up in the attic, and then everything's like, okay, cool. And she's like, but here are the rules. You must close a door every time you come in a door. No door should be left open. She says close and lock, but she does not lock any oh, of no, these no. doors. And then she's like, and every time you are in a room, you have to close the blinds. No natural light can come in the house. And she's like, if you leave a room, you close the door behind you. If you open a door, you close it right behind you. No door can be open in the house in any general time. To keep the sunlight from hitting right. the kids. And I didn't idea. get that at first. And I was like, what the fuck is the point of the doors? But then eventually I was like, okay, I get it. After my roommate explained it to me because it was still, I was 15 minutes, or I was 25 minutes into this movie and I was like, I'm going to hate every moment of this. <laughs> and I was not wrong. So she basically, like, some stuff starts happening and she, like, introduces to the kids and they're creepy and you guys kind of screwed up and told me, like, ooh, this has a twist ending. So the whole movie, I'm sitting there trying to figure it out, like the guy in IT credits, like, it's his brother's mother. You know, like, just trying to, like, <laughs> the vampires. Like, I couldn't, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to figure this out. Did you? Sort of. Closer to the end, I kind of piece it together. But, like, the whole time, Nicole Kidman's super religious and talking to her kids about limbo and purgatory and read the Bible and the, the helpers are doing their thing. Four layers of hell. Four layers of hell. Which are, Garrett? What, you want me to go through yeah, them? Yeah, what are... There's purgatory, there's the limbo, there's the one like where the kids go to, and then there's um, the fire one. The damned? Yeah, the damned. And the bosom of Abraham. Yeah, there you go. They're teaching these kids some fucked up shit is what I'm trying to get at. Well, and there's a thing that's like... That's what, I mean, religious <laughs> education is kind of like... There's some great moments in this movie, too. So anyway, basically, like... Stuff starts happening in the house, you know, like the kids like, oh, there's another little kid named Victor here. And yes. then like, they're like, wait, what do you mean? The girl child actor I thought was actually really good. I liked her performance. I did I too. thought she was like the best. I thought the boy the was better than the girl personally. He but... was a little puke. Yeah, he was. He but was, I guess that was his scared, so scared he... little wuss. Yeah, the children, the, normally the children actors are the weakest link. I think here they definitely carry the movie a bit. So to boil that down real quick, basically it kind of seems like there's ghosts in the house. Like, you know, the kids are like, oh, no, that's Victor. Or, oh, no, like, go tell, like, Nicole Kidman tells the old lady, the nanny, like, go tell the mute girl to quit making so much noise upstairs. And she's like, okay, of course, mother. And then, like, goes outside and is talking to the mute girl. And Nicole Kidman's like, oh, my God, who's upstairs? While then? noises are happening. Yes. Which she assumed was the mute girl. Yes. Obviously and then the can't be. And then, like, she goes up and she's, like, talking to the kid who's sitting on the steps reading the Bible out loud. She's like you know, who's up here? And she's like, I told you, mom, it's Victor. And then the kid's being punished for quote unquote lying because she said it was the ghost yeah, or like, whatever. I don't know what to say when I tell you there's a ghost. I got punished. So what yeah. do you want me to do about and it? And so she's like going there. So she goes in a room and this is one of those classic rooms where everything's draped in goddamn like fucking... um case to keep the dust away. I yeah. guess, but why do that? It's Mansion 101, And she bro. covered <laughs> a statue, a humanoid statue with a, like, a sheet. I was like, never, never would I do this. That's the dumbest thing you could do because you're going to forget well, you what it is. you get the house, you have to sign the paper that says you're going to drape <laughs> things over humanoids so you get spooked. So she goes in there and then stuff starts happening. Doors start closing and opening and she's like... Like blaming the house workers, and they're right. like, "It wasn't us." And then she's like, starting to slowly, like, "Oh my god, there is something here." Like that's all playing out. Nicole Kidman's starting to be like, "What the fuck?" 
And then the nanny is talking to the the kids, and she's like, you know, like, well, what do you think? And they're like, well, I don't really, you know, believe this. And she's like, good. Mom tells us not to believe everything we read in books. And I was like, wait, she's making them read the Bible. What kind of lesson is that? that Yeah, the kid's like, I don't believe half the stuff in this. And the old lady's like, that's smart. Yeah, but she's like, and, and then they're both like, and by the way, fuck doves. Yes. Yeah, they're both like. Rats of the sky, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> they make a big point of like talking shit about doves. So anyway, stuff starts happening and Nicole Kidman starts freaking out more and more, realizing there's something going on. The old people who, the old people in the mute girl, like know something. Yeah. They're mm. like, kind of like, should we tell her? Or, you know, like, is it time? And they're like, not yet. No, the and kids will be easier. Yeah, the yeah. kids will be easier to like convince. And so basically you're to understand that there's ghosts in this house. And eventually it kind of is revealed like the dead are living. You have to learn to get along with them here. They don't want you here. To Nicole Kidman and the kid, they're like, you know, like the others, the intruders, they keep calling them the intruders, yeah. don't want you here. But we have to either learn to get along with them and live here, or they're going to want you out of here. And Nicole Kidman's like, no, make them stop. We can't have this. You know, like freaking out. Then the big reveal is that you find out that the three, the the two old people in the, the help. Mute, yeah, the help are dead. Oh, I've been trying to make you understand. Understand what? About the house. About the new situation. What situation? We must all learn to live together. The living and the dead. <gasps> if you're dead, leave us in peace. And suppose we do leave you. Do you think they will? Who? The intruders. They took the curtains down. Oh, yes, I assure you it was them. And now they're in there with you and the children. Waiting for you. No! Yes. And believe me, sooner or later, they'll find you. And then you find out that they're ghosts, and the ghosts are like, no, you have to listen to us. And she's like, shut up, ghosts. I'm not listening to you. And I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff. We can get into it later. But this is a really great scene where her daughter is in her first communion dress. And yes. um, and then she turns into like this old witch lady. And she's like, I am your daughter. Which is important. Like, yeah, yes. Her ass kicked. Um, <laughs> yeah, she also Nicole- shows a drawing. Like she's drawn the Victor and his family. Yes. yes. Um, and then there's actually numbers written over their heads. I mean, the number of times they've Half- seen them. Right. Yes. And the old lady has the biggest count of number 14. Yep. Yes. And so like so basically the kids are, you know, making those drawings. Nicole Kidman sees, you know, her daughter as an old lady shakes her, like kind of hits her almost, and the daughter's freaking out, like, why are you attacking me, mom? Uh the husband comes back at one point from the war, but is completely distant and like almost you can pretty much tell like at that point you're like, Oh, he's a ghost or, or you something. You assume like PSTD. Yes, you're like, like P yeah. I always <laughs> fuck that up. PTSD. So, right. The so, husband comes back before we know that the the helper goes. Yes. And so and then he disappears. Yeah. And then that's when the stuff starts happening where you basically the, the help is like, you know, like they're like, Oh my God, you guys are dead. And the help's like, Yes, you ha- the intruders want you out. You either have to live, but it's too late now. Now they want you gone. Nicole Kidman's like, oh, my God, I'm going to stop this. And then the kids are upstairs talking to the intruder, what we think is ghosts. Mm -hmm. 
And then it's Nicole Kidman goes up there and it's through a bunch of random shit. It's revealed that the intruders are actually like people that live in this house currently. Nicole Kidman and her kids are dead and they're actually ghosts too. And the intruders are people that live there and they're having a seance in current time, let's say like 1950 or whatever. Um, They're having a seance and the reason Nicole Kidman and the kids have been seen is because the the mother, who's like a clairvoyant, like kind of like medium, has been communicating with them. And then the kids are seeing Victor, who is a kid that lives in current time in this house. So basically, the intruders are the people who currently live there. And Nicole Kidman and her kids have been the ghost. And they don't realize that they were killed because Nicole Kidman killed her kids. Right. And like uh, the Sixth Sense or the first season of American Horror Story. Yes. Exactly the same story. Exactly. And then the, the ghost, the hell. Nicole Kidman's been a bad mother this whole time. Yes. And then she admits it in this whole, like, oh yeah. my God, I finally understand what happens. And the old pe- the, the help is like, yes, you know, like I said, you know, we either have to get along with them because other people will move into this house or we have to, you know, like get them out. So basically, you realize that what you thought were ghosts were actually people who lived there trying to find out what the other ghosts were. Cause like things are happening. Like the blinds are supposed to be closed, but then the blinds get open and like it's Victor, Victor, open them. They take down all the curtains. For- yes. And you realize Which it's we're the protecting people. the kids from yeah. the sunlight. Yeah. You realize that the people in modern times were actually like opening the curtains and stuff like that. And they couldn't figure out why it was happening. And anyway, once Nicole Kidman realizes it, they all kind of like, this is our house. No one will take this from us. We belong here. It's yeah. just really terrible ending. So I'm I'm sorry for burning through that so quick and talking so much, but I just summed up two hours of nonsense with a terrible payoff. So let's delve into it. Well, I would say that 60% of this film is Nicole Kidman looking and reacting. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be in the position of defending this movie. Uh, Because I... I like. I mean, the first time I saw it, I actually really liked it. I think it sets a good atmosphere. I think by nature of a haunted house film, they're always going to be slow burns. I, I think hate it this movie okay. so much. <laughs> um, I thought the twist was clever. Uh, it does not hold up on second watching at all. No, this is like a Sixth Sense type movie. Yeah. You watch it once and you don't really see. Need to I go didn't back even think the it. twist held up the first time because I was like, "Oh, she's dead. They're in purgatory." I mean, I was like. Not exactly like figuring out that it was a seance but, type thing. But Garrett, this box says, sizzles with suspense, shocks, and surprises. I thought it was suspenseful. I thought the haunting, or what we thought of there as was the suspense. haunting, there was, was suspense. done really well. The noises, the, the curtains. I actually thought that was pretty cool. When the little girl was talking to Victor in their bedroom, and he, you know he touches the boy's cheek. I thought it was, it was all right. And it also helps... You know, sometimes if you think about horror movies where the traditional way where you just you see the living and the dead are doing a bunch of crazy random shit. If you try to imagine it now thinking, okay, maybe they think they're alive. Some of these things might make more sense. I think it, I think it could have been a good concept if the movie were done by a different person, had different actors, was a different story. Like I feel if like they were completely different. <laughs> I think it would have been if better. they took the general concept and just made it a completely different movie, I probably they would did. have enjoyed it American more. American Horror Story season one, it was all right. Okay, well there you go. But <laughs> go watch all of that and then compare so, and contrast. It's so bad, and everyone was acting so terrible and. That there's a one point okay. where she kind of realizes like there's ghosts there. like Nicole Kidman realizes like oh my god there's legitimately ghosts here and then like the woman and the kid are like they say this is their house now and Nicole Kidman's like got this like a, your typical like staring and reacting like you guys just said I was like you know what 
if you have confirmation that your shit's haunted and then like they say it's their house now, like guess what? We out this bitch. Like a problem solved. But she can't leave. Right. The fog Remember? Kept them See, from yeah, eventually you realize the fog won't let her escape and you realize why because of the ghosts. But it was just every every like reveal was just so poorly revealed. Like it was just so anticlimactic every time something was revealed that was like I don't care anymore. I just want this to end. But anyway, that's the others. I hated this movie. If you guys liked it, you're dead wrong. I liked it the first time. Yes. <laughs> uh, this go around, I was kind of bored with it. But I don't think it's a bad film. I agree. Is it possible maybe <clears throat> you just don't like haunted house movies? I don't know if that's, the, I don't know if that's <laughs> it. I just really thought, like I said, there's so much about this movie that was just wrong and just done terribly. So I don't know if it's a haunted house thing. Well, you might be thrilled to know that on a seventeen million budget, it made over two hundred and nine million. Are you fucking kidding me? It made buku cash. Do you think that was because Nicole Kidman was just so popular at the time? I think it had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I thought it was fairly well reviewed. Did it have a good? Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is just astounding to me. (laughs) Like, I'm not like being. I'm not joking. I. Do not understand how this movie, it's not even like, like I can see some movies like, oh, well, it's really kind of a slow, great made film. So it's kind of Oscar maybe, you know, like there's nothing about this movie that I thought anybody should have seen and been like, all right, I love this movie. I honestly believe that the only reason this film works is because of the twist ending. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Like, had this been a standard film where there was nothing at the end like that, no payoff, it would have been a boring-ass film. I guess I just thought the the twist was so... I mean, don't get me wrong. It was an interesting twist. I'll give them credit for that. But I thought that it was just portrayed... Because like in Sixth Sense, you like realize and you're like, oh my God, I had every indication. I should have caught this. This is like shocking. You're like, oh my God. And this, like, you know, they gave you so many hints that like, oh, something's fucked up. Oh, don't be surprised. And like, oh, this is going on. And so like when they actually reveal it, it was like, oh, so that's what it is? Okay, I just, I did not care at that point. Which one came out first, this one or Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense was a 90s movie. Okay, so I wonder if they like went into this with that, like we're going to make our own or something like that. That whole, I mean, that whole twist thing was real popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. So whenever they did realize they were dead, do you think the help's like, hey, we're not going to be your slaves anymore, lady. We're all ghosts. No, because she was like, want me to go make you some tea? Mom? Oh, that's right. She did just straight up like, like, hey, now you realize it. Yeah, go make I would have totally been like, I ain't going to serve you anymore. You're going to do your own chores. Well, they said <laughs> they said that's what they were in life. They said they were servants yeah. back when they did it. So maybe they're like serving the house. Maybe that, I took it as more than like me like, hey, it's our responsibility to get these people who live here to kind of realize like, hey, we, we have to share this or we have to deal with this. Because the the help ghosts were kind of like, hey, we all have to live with the, the living equally. And sometimes they see us and sometimes they don't. No, they said sometimes we see them and sometimes they don't. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, at some point you got to stop, you know, rattling the cage. Because sooner or later the Ghostbusters are going to show up and <laughs> zap you straight out of this house. I'm just saying, like, you, you just, if you... You got to learn to live together. Like they're saying that whole time. We need a British Ghostbusters. There you go. Now that we spoiled the ending, I would not recommend that people watch the others because we told you the twist (laughs) and it's not that great when you're. That's a good point. If you just listen to this, maybe don't bother. Oh, yeah. Well, don't you don't you put the little thing at the beginning of each episode? It's like we're going to be talking about these. If you don't want to spoil, you've been warned. Okay, and I'm sorry. You were warned. 
to not have it spoiled, and you've also been warned not to waste your two hours of your life with this movie. Well, we definitely would have. Yeah, the atmosphere. I think we did a good Wasted job it for building you. an atmosphere. But okay, yeah, I'll give you that. You know, it was, it was a moody old house. Yeah, you know, the, the having the darkness everywhere really worked. I thought. I don't know. I guess I did. I hated the movie less than maybe you did. I suppose. Seriously, the whole movie was basically it's like, close the drapes, close the doors, close the drapes, close the drawers. Oh, that's creepy. Close the drapes, close the doors. I was like, oh, I'm so bored here. But one thing I did think was funny is she made that dude sleep out in the shed, yeah, what a and they had extra junk rooms all over this house. This had to be like a, like a seven-bedroom, yeah. nine-bedroom house, and she's like, you can sleep out in the shed, bro. How and about like, the room with the mannequins with all the sheets on them? That's what I'm saying. They had, yeah. the, they had to help sleep in the attic. It's like, why can't they just have one of these because extra Because she's rooms? an asshole that yeah. smothered her children. She's a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to the next movie. Oh, yeah, I don't want to talk about how, why, like how they died. We totally glossed over that. You just talked yeah. Well, yeah. I think we did. I, I think I said something yeah. in the fact that she was a bad mother and smothered her children. Right. Well, but she found out that her husband died, lost her fucking mind, and smothered her kids with a pillow because they were playing with the pillow and had and then ate fun. a shotgun. Well, yeah. she did. She did say the house, and she told the help this. She's like, not only do you have to close the doors and keep the blinds shut, like we don't play the piano. This house has to be silent because I have migraines, and if yes. I have a migraine attack, it's not good. And so basically, like. The house has to be quiet all the time. So when she thinks that the, the the mute girl's running upstairs, it's starting to trigger her like, oh, I can't deal with this noise. Do you and, think that's like leftover from her gunshot wound? Yeah, I, I think a gunshot wound to the head probably causes Makes a ghost. <laughs> I <laughs> want, a ghost oh, migraine. that's interesting. I didn't piece that together. Maybe that yeah. is kind of like a little foreshadowing yeah, thing that's, that's of a, like... I kind of, Thoughts. Noise makes her head hurt. That's interesting. I think she smothered her kids because they were making too much noise. Because remember, the kids are like, "We can't play the piano anymore." Yeah, and she it's says like, "Why Whoa. she smothered her kids?" Because she found out her husband was killed in the war. Wait, is that why? Yeah, she found why out. Why would you kill your kids just because your husband died? Because she lost she, her mind. Yeah, snap crazy, just broke her brain. She saw her kids were playing with pillows or something like that, and they were just having a really happy, joyous life. And she's like, I'm going to She wanted to snuff that down. <laughs> wow, the human psyche is crazy. Could yeah. you imagine, like, I know like mothers are supposed to love their kids and stuff, like, but like your husband dies and you're like, well, that's it for you yeah. two. It's like, whoa, calm down. I'm not happy. You're not happy. Yeah. Do you understand? Uh, all right. All right. So last House on movie. Haunted Hill. From 1999. Which is a remake of a Vincent Price movie from 1959. Yeah, and yes. they really, man, snuffed it up. Ooh, did they ever. <laughs> Are you familiar with the original? Have you I seen did, that one? Yes, I have. The original's decent, but it is kind of cheesy and kind of crappy at times, yeah. too. But compared to this remake, which upon first time I watched this movie back in the day, like, I guess, 99, 2000, it does not hold up. No. At all. This is the first time I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, then, you know what? This is your others for me <laughs> because I first, apologize. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen the remake. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, then I apologize to both of you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're not familiar, this movie came out in 1999, and it stars Jeffrey Rush, Famke Jensen, and Chris Kattan. Uh, there's some other people, but... Tay Diggs, uh, Lisa Loeb. Yeah, it's only right. like a yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 stars. Exactly. Yep. Well, let me read you this VHS box from the late 90s. Oh, please do. Strap in. <clears throat> One night in the house. One million bucks. No questions asked. Oh, but there is a catch. For anyone who accepts the offer, murder is a way of life at the house on Haunted Hill. A can't miss party, cool guests, otherworldly fiends, and nightmarish terror. They're all under one roof in this jolting effects ramped remake of the 1959 classic. 
that starred Vincent Price and was directed by screen horror legend William Castle. Jeffrey Rush plays Twisted Theme Park Big Shock Stephen Price, who hosts a scary jokey birthday bash for his wife, Famke Jansen, at an abandoned institute of the criminally insane. And then it lists all the actors. They portray strangers mysteriously assembled for this event, and it can make them all really rich or profoundly dead. And you? Hey, we ain't going to start this party without you. Hey, Fry, pizza going out. <laughs> yeah. Come on! Did you buy this VHS tape in New Jersey? <laughs> I don't know. I picked that accent because uh, Jeffrey Rush's character is like some weird theme park yeah. sleaze bag. He's supposed to be like this horror theme park guy who basically is all about like tricking people into thinking like and scaring them that and stuff like that. That elevator trick would work one time. Yes. A bunch of people would die because everyone is panicking <laughs> and they would have to <laughs> shut down the park. The first heart attack, they yes. shut that thing down. What was it? It was just like a screen, right? Like a TV screen yes, or something? Two TV below. screens on top and bottom. So you can see the cable break above you yeah. and then you can see the ground like coming at you below you. But they had to be some way. I mean, there is movie magic, I suppose, because you could tell if an elevator is falling. Your gravity would be different. Well, they kind of shook yeah. it. I thought they were doing, yes. you know, that thing you sit down in and it's like a just rocks back and yeah. forth and you look at the screen. I, I thought, thought it was that some too, sort of hydraulic, But right? then they were still up at the very top yeah. of it and it was like, oh, I thought it was oh, like... Oh, you're right. They I got out they, So they yeah. went the whole way up while that was, was happening. So it just shakes a little bit. But it's like, you'd know the difference between falling with yes. velocity <laughs> versus just your like elevator shaking a little bit. Yeah. So yes, it doesn't... That technically does not hold <laughs> up. Right. And then they get up. So it, he's showing it off to like a news crew. Yes. yes. Lisa Loeb and uh, whatever. The dude who plays Spike and Buffy. No, that's right. <laughs> Which so the, I didn't know. My roommate know told me. He's like, I did like... So they get on the roller coaster ride and the roller coaster in front of them is full of dummies. So at some point in the movie, you're led to believe that maybe the the track of the roller coaster is coming apart and you watch the car with, pe- with the dummies launch off of it. Yeah. And that would scare me the fuck right out of my seat. But it's another thing where if you think about, okay, you have to run this, you know, 15 times an hour or whatever. You're, you, people are going to see, oh, there's the dummy car. No, logistically, yeah. you get to get away with this maybe twice yeah. before yes. word gets around and like, oh, it's just a thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you're just creating a potential lawsuit when the trap doesn't go back in yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so. like regulators would never let you have a like, I worked at Fiesta, Texas, and I know one of the like the guidelines, you couldn't run two cars. Like, you couldn't run two Not like, that close separate together, things right? yeah. at the same time. Like, only one one thing could go at a time. Probably. So when I saw that, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, you can't legally do that, I don't think. <laughs> was yeah. like, Probably for the Dummies best. are not. You just, you can't risk yeah. that. So that's how we're introduced to this movie. Um, Stephen Price's character, who is basically playing his version, his modernized version of Vincent Price. And he's doing an okay job. I think he's more sleazy, a little more car salesman-y. Yes. Yes. Um, Famke Jensen, uh, if you're not familiar, that would be Jean Grey from the X-Men franchise. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So um, she's his wife. And you learn very soon that they don't really have the best... Marriage. Right. Which is from the original. And Correct. The yes. same. Yep. But she really hammed it up, man. I feel like I was not impressed. Just over the top with yeah, it. Yeah. Which I think they were trying to, to channel that 1950s bit, but it was it was just a bit too much. It did not come off at all. No. Like, again, this is the second time I watched it because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh shit, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not watching this ever again. And this second time watching it, I was like, oh, everyone is terrible at acting in this movie. Except Chris Catan. He was my favorite part of the movie by a mile. And we will get into that because that is, hands down, as I've mentioned before, the only horror character that I've ever 
ever yeah. 100% been like, this guy gets it. He, uh, he made that movie. You are correct. <laughs> so as this plays out, um, Famke Jensen's watching the TV and they're airing some special about a haunted asylum. And we did get sidetracked a little bit. The movie starts out with a flashback of this asylum asylum, and they're like torturing these inmates or drawing blood and cutting them up. Running uh, experiments yeah. on them. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I like that kind of 1920s like mm-hmm. sepia tone yeah. video. And, and all the weird technology from back then. I thought that like was Frankenstein's cool. lab yeah. to a degree. Um, the, the the crazy people break out, riot, kill everybody there, and then what? The there it goes on lockdown, right? All yeah. the so doors you, the, crank shut. Yeah, the doctor can lock this place down like with these big, huge steel doors, so nobody can get in or out. And then when he realizes that everyone is like the insane people are taking over, he locks it down and then sets a fire. And everyone dies except for five people. Right. Five people who weren't there that day. Right. So flash forward, Famke Jensen is watching television. Ooh, look, a new spooky place. I'm macabre and I'm into weird, scary shit. I'm going to have my birthday party there. Right. right. They like renovated it and yet left the very obviously against fire code lockdown uh, thing in place. You think that'd be the first thing to go. Right. I don't think the fire marshal would approve of big steel doors closing every single window and exit. <laughs> you got to have at least one fire exit of that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so she calls her husband while he's doing his roller coaster thing. He makes up a guest list that they're going to get all these people out for her birthday. And then the list magically deletes itself and adds in all the names. Which is explained later on in the movie that the house has so much evil energy that it was able to send that energy through phone or internet lines and basically change the guest list on his computer to the five remaining victims. Right. Or the five remaining, like, One of survivors. my favorite bits is how they even talk about the internet. It's, oh, it was like, so beautiful. Oh, you mean like a computer that's online? <laughs> we we are so close to channeling some Sandra Bullock Vanette-level yes. nonsense yes. here. Yes, uh, The 90s were great with the internet because no one quite understood it yet. It's like, AOL guy says online, hello, yeah. and then that's all My I computer knew. was not online. Wi-Fi did not exist in 1999, and it was just a portable computer on a desk. There was no cables going to it. But anyway. Yeah. So anyway, the, the house changes the guest list and invites five people that we don't know who they are. And then we get a scene of these hearses or limos rolling out to the quote-unquote house. Which it is not. And my biggest problem with this is every time they go, the house is alive. I'm like, you're in an asylum. It's yeah. not a house. Stop calling it a house. They fucked up the remake so bad that they <laughs> couldn't even get the house part right. But we do get to listen to a sweet, almost in its entirety, Marilyn Manson's oh rendition of Sweet oh. Dreams from start to finish while watching Hearses Drive True. and flashing to the people inside of it. No dialogue, no exposition. Basically, this was someone like, I love this song, and God damn it, we're going to listen to it. They played it again over the credits, too. Oh, I know. But they're busy looking at their invites like they didn't read it before they got in the limo to go to the party. As a matter of fact, sorry, the hill isn't haunted either. (laughs) (laughs) So many good points are being made here, haunted house movies. Punching holes, baby. So it's not a house on a hill. It's You're a not a asylum house. on yeah. a hill. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Vincent Price one is in a mansion. Yes, yes, it is. it's yes. a house. Yes, damn it. So they pull, <laughs> they pull up in these hearses, and Chris Catan's character is like, "All right, everybody out of the hearses, let's go. We're getting up to the house. Let me get a flashlight so we can see all the lights go on." And he's like, "All right, 
Let's move. Let's get inside. And they all walk up to the house. And uh, they roll inside. They're all kind of standing around like, who are you? Who are you? They kind of introduce themselves and what their job roles are in real life. And Chris Kattan, the whole time, he's just like, I need, let's get this moving. I don't want to be here. This place is <laughs> fucked. Wrap and it up, B. Where's my money? Let's well, go. that's the thing. So, like, so basically, the wife shows up and she's like, "I don't know you people." And then Vincent Price is like, "That's right, because I changed your guest list." But then he's like, "I didn't invite these people either. I don't know what's going on." They're like, "Wait, what's going on?" He's like, "All right, here's the thing. Just gonna roll with it." And Chris Catan's like, "Hey, you paid me to bring these people. Yeah. I've done it. Give me my money." And he's like, "Okay, so here's the deal." You can take this money, $300,000 or whatever it is, and you can leave right now. Or you can stay overnight for a million bucks. And if you survive, you get all that money. And then Chris Catan's like, fuck it. Cut me a check. Yeah. I'm out. Let's go, bro. I'm like, no questions. He gets his check and then tries to leave. But he can't. Because the gates or the, the, the steel, doors. steel doors we mentioned earlier all slam shut and it locks the occupants in. Poor Chris Kattan is now stuck with, with the party. The, with the proper reaction of him running towards the door, it slams shut. He turns around. He's like, fuck it. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Game over. He Starts like, drinking immediately. Proceeds just, to just get drunk for the rest of the film. And everyone's like, well, let's figure this out. And he's like, there's nothing to figure out. We're donezo. Yeah. So, like, so then the reporter goes to like investigate some shit. And she disappears. And he's like, yeah, she's dead. Yeah, yeah. Every time something happens, he's like, well, that's it. If you haven't seen them in two minutes, they're dead. Dead. I promise you that. If they're not dead yet, they will be soon. That's like his whole motto. So you'll find out through the plot that Jeffrey Rush's character, um, was it Price? Yeah. His name is Price? Um, He's into pulling some sort of pranks or gags, right? His wife reveals that this guy is known for doing this kind of shit. Right, it's like his whole theme park is gaggy shit like that. So... He, they walk him into a room and there's like a coffin full of baby coffins which have guns in them. Yeah. We're not talking like baby sized coffins. We're talking like maybe like 12 inch coffins. Yeah. So. That's from the movie, the original. <clears throat> yeah. Is that? Stuff, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. I just remember like a skeleton being pushed out on a cart and going. Fun fact in the movie theaters back then, they would push out a skeleton and it would just sort of go across the movie yes. theater. William Castle oh, had all kinds of. Interactive. Yeah, had yes. all kinds of gags like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like the tingler, which your seat would like electrocute. The sense around type yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the guys that started all that. Maybe I needed some of this for this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't think that's what hurt this film. This film was just couldn't decide what it wanted to be. This film suffered. Well, the the opening credit sequence of this movie is basically like a Nine Inch Nails perfect drug meets Tool undertow music video, like yeah. visuals where like it just screams out. It's like, hey, you remember all the stuff you liked from this time frame? We've got it all. Yeah. And the movie basically plays out every scare, every like situation they get in has some kind of different visual or creepy element that was super popular at the time. And I was I wrote down that this movie literally feels like one of those haunted house rides that you sit in, you go and see a skeleton right. drop and go blue, and then you keep going. Both like a because we find out that the whole point is the the wife wants to pretends that she got killed so that she could then kill Vincent Price so that she can get, get, his, get money. his money. Speaking of which, what's Stephen's status? Well, he's still alive, but it's it's just a question of moments. And then, your miraculous resurrection. Oh, no, officer. I'm very much alive. Just a little joke to beat my husband at his own clever game. Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. Your husband's dead. What do you mean he's dead? Oh, no. It's all my fault. I may as well have killed him myself. Uh, no, no, not at no. all. We have all these witnesses that saw... Well, fill in the 
blank wherever it's going to be that shoots him. I don't know. Puff Eddie? <laughs> you know, this could be a big surprise. And so that then taints like the whole movie because it's like, oh, did she do all this? And then you find out, nope, JK, it actually is still ghosts. So it like tries to play it both ways. It was trying to be clever, but it was clunky. Yeah, it just feels like Which it did in the original too, but there's so much buildup to that like pointless reveal. I mean, it's not pointless, but it's there's so much buildup with like just random visual stuff and like, you know, like, ooh, isn't this creepy looking that you just kind of like, when that's revealed, you're like, oh, okay, so I guess that's a thing too. Is she like, like in on it with the doctor? Because the doctor and her are having like an affair. And then she ends up killing the doctor because she needs an extra body to right. make it look real so she can actually get Vincent Price's money or Stephen Price's money. And again, it's so, con- like yeah, in the se- at the end of the second act, man, it becomes so convoluted. You're just yeah. like, I don't care and anymore. They think that they killed uh, Price, but really he was wearing a gag vest and then he's back With alive. squibs and yeah. yeah and he kills just... his wife. So whoever made this movie spent really good money on a skinless horse in a box because they showed us that skinless horse <laughs> at least four times. Well, all the, the skinless yeah. like, <laughs> like things. I think a it. lot of the budget went to skinless <laughs> horses and people in boxes. Well, there's like this... Oh, like... those people in the boxes were like... Uh, they were they were sculptures. I saw this behind-the-scene bullshit. Mm. Uh, they were like these ceramic sculptures that they had made for the movie. They were very proud of it. They talked about oh, it yes. quite yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, To my look, point, then. Yes. They look pretty cool, but yes, they, they prominently displayed those repeatedly. Right there at the stair, what? Like the stairs Yeah, they were down. so proud that they put it at the stairs. They actually called that out in the documentary. Yeah, we put it there so you could see it every time that people went down and Did they the really? Yes. Oh, my God. They were so that's proud crazy. Of that. So basically, Tay Diggs and another, one of the other main characters, not the reporter, but like the executive assistant or whatever, are surviving all this. Everyone's getting killed. The, the, plot between Vincent Price and his wife are playing out. Everything's happening. Some people are actually legitimately getting killed in all this. Chris Catan eventually like sacrifices himself or inadvertently gets killed by accident by this dark... Which looks like a projection of... Smoke monster thing. It's like a bunch of weird imagery mushed together to make like a phantom thing. Yeah. The way I can can describe it is basically imagine how you felt when you watched Lost and you realized that all the stuff you thought was going to be really creepy and amazing just ended up being bullshit. That's exactly (laughs) how this felt. It was like, oh, it's a weird smoke monster? Get the fuck out of here. I think I read somewhere it was based on uh, H.P. Lovecraft something or other. It is. And actually, I know the the story behind it, but even then, it was so poorly executed. It looked like a projection, like a movie projection. It was based off of someone's vague recollection of what H.P. Lovecraft (laughs) was about. Yeah. Give it weird floppy ears and some eyes in the middle and... When it kept having the people that it, it like had captured, like their faces and voices Pop kept popping in, up, yeah. and it's like, which were cheesy. Look man. at my, look at my video, and it was so, like, who yeah. cares? At the end, now they're like in the attic, and they find out how to open the door, and the ghost thing is very, very slowly taking its time to chase them. Um, then it, it burns some rope, which causes their escape to close again, and then Chris Catan comes back in ghost form to save them and let's escape. <laughs> Excuse me, but <laughs> at that moment, my roommate, who like is actually okay with Chris Kattan, like in some roles, like she was like, wait, is that a Chris Kattan ghost? And I was like, yeah. She's like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not any worse than his role in Monkey Bone. We don't talk about that movie. <laughs> but so They escape and then they get, they're trapped on like the ceiling, which actually led to a little bit of fun meta humor that I was like, she was like, the, the girl was like, 
one question. How do we get down from here? Yes, they're like at least like 20 stories on this edge of a cliff yeah. on the like California coast. They can't go anywhere. But that movie ends with the stupidest lines, and I have it here. Oh, they have tons of terrible one-liners. While they're up on the tower, mm-hmm. the, the movie goes to black with them saying, that was one kick-ass party. And another thing, how do we get down from here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like yes. one kick-ass party. What are you talking about? You just watched multiple murders <laughs> yeah. happen before your life and saw one of the scariest things you'll probably ever see. They do get the five million dollars or whatever. You know, all the individual. Oh checks. right. Yeah. That they, was convenient. They're too. holding mm. those checks so haphazardly. Like I was waiting for him to blow away. The coastal wind. Yeah. I was like, Yo, no, you don't. <laughs> and he had to review each and every yeah. check. And you it's can like see one just in the yeah. wind. Two. Also, I, I said, I was watching it and I said, I was like, you know what? There's no way they're letting them cash that, those. No. You just basically got those from a crime scene. There's no <laughs> way they're letting now. you cash in five million bucks. Sorry. Or blood splattered. That ain't, like, that ain't happening. <laughs> but yes, that movie, I remember seeing it back in the day and it has some visual stuff in it. The thing that's at the end of the hall and then like shoots really fast towards mm-hmm. you, that still today is one of the things that scares the shit out of me. Because like, when I think I see a shadow, I assume the moment I turn my back, that thing has zoomed up on you. me, and like, that's it. I'm fucked. So uh, they had a lot of cool shots whenever they were looking through the security feed, mm-hmm. and they were showing like the juddering yeah. ghost walking around. I thought that effect was pretty neat. I like that one. <laughs> this movie kind of set the bar for what we saw in a lot of horror movies for like the next like five to six years. Like a lot of the visual stuff they did hadn't really been done before, mm-hmm. or at least not in mainstream movies. And you started seeing this repeated in almost all these fucking movies. Because what was the name of the company? Dark Castle? Yeah. They they yep. were kind of like the A24 of their time, you know? There was another haunted house movie that came out that year. You know how there was always got to be two of the same kind of thing? <laughs> Like, there was Deep Impact and Armageddon. It was, was not two haunted house movies that year. This is a haunted asylum movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me on a technicality. <laughs> technicality. But I, I think Liam Neeson's The Haunting came out the same year. Is that the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones' butt? Where she, like, slides under the thing? Wait, oh, no, I'm no, thinking you're of talking about Entrapment. Entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> with the laser scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm way off. Um, no, it was another haunted house movie called The Haunting. Okay. Um, what was the one with J-Lo? Cell. That was a cell. I don't know. That's uh, where they split a horse into bits. Yeah, that wasn't like really a sections. haunted movie. That movie... That was that, like a dream thing. All yeah. those movies just kind of become one, like, muddied water visual. Yeah, you like, remember the early 2000s? Yeah, that's kind of what that kind of goes <laughs> yeah. into. Well, anything else on this one? Um, first Watch was interesting back in the day. Nowadays, it does not hold up, and I do apologize for that because <laughs> it's okay. I remember the visuals being scarier, and... On my second watch, I was like, wow, this is just not as scary as I thought it was. Maybe you've grown. Maybe you guys are desensitizing me to this. I thought it was like a time capsule. I like I viewed it yeah. from that perspective. It definitely like, is wow. late nineties yeah. on screen. Like the recorder or report recorder. The reporter had the most just nineties looking. At first, I thought it was a like a really early digital camera, but it is not. It is just a VHS camera that you hold like horizontally. It was like a weird chunky iPad yeah, type thing. It and was crazy. It was funny because we were watching it, and uh, my roommate goes. 
there's no way that battery is still alive on that thing. She's been recording for like at least 30 minutes here. That thing would be dead that's need to be true. recharged. And I was like, that's a good point. In the it was 90s, like a we crappy had shit handy battery. cam. Yes. Yeah. You're not getting any good footage on that no, thing. No, yeah. And then it was all in the dark. And yet somehow she was still like, I was like, no. <laughs> 90, like a camera from 1999, you would just get blackness. Yeah. They had no low light. She's like, like, I used to be on my own show. And I'm going to fuck or win my way back to yeah, my own show. Yeah, she said, I'm looking a way to like, like basically like, you know, like win or fuck my way back into the industry. And I was like, well, at least she's got a plan, you know, like that's impressive. That's what we call determination. But no, that movie definitely had a lot of fucking issues and it, it does not hold up well. But I mean, one thing that did do that, like I see in a lot of movies, though, is also like when people are walking through like an echoey, like underground chamber where you're like, hey, 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 you, you know, like people will just turn a corner and then suddenly like. You can't hear them anymore. You can't see them anymore. Suddenly, they'll be like 900 yards away yeah. from them, and it's literally only been like 20 seconds. It's like, no, you can turn around, or you can be like, Mark, and like you'd be like, okay, I hear him. He's coming. Yeah. He's from this. That's it's not like, how sound works. Yeah, you know, sound doesn't suddenly corner. just disappear. It was just, it was one of those annoying things where movie it was like sound is it. different. Yeah, I get it, but I, I mean, I thought it was all right. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. It wasn't, you know, the worst. Uh, it was just steady. Eddie. We watched some real shit haunted house movies this time. I don't didn't think we? I would recommend any of them. Watch Amityville if you want to see it because it's one of the more I'd recommend ones. Amityville yeah I'd I just think it's a little too long if you've never seen the others I actually would recommend it I wouldn't recommend this one go watch the original you'll enjoy it more wow any yeah. other thoughts <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts about the others but nothing that has already been summed up with how much I hated it all right well let's end this with a new segment all right we're gonna see if this works we're gonna call this segment John dies first <laughs> John, in several of our episodes, you've mentioned that you would immediately be the first to die. Yes. Often on purpose, especially in any kind of dystopian... <laughs> on <scenario>. purpose? <laughs> yes. You're just going to walk straight into oncoming traffic? No, you know what? He shoots himself in the head with a shotgun, doesn't know he's dead, basically. <laughs> no, I would like, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'll just volunteer for all the risky shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to die anyway. We're going to need someone like that on our team. Exactly. So. All right. Well... What we're going to do here is we're, me and Garrett are going to try to write you into one of the films that we have watched today, and then you're going to choose which one you like best. Now, you can judge it either on creativity or accuracy, Roger. and you don't have to tell us which until you've chosen, and you can judge explain. John? Correct. All right. All right. So I chose the others, and this is how I think you would die first in the is others. by boredom? <laughs> nope. <laughs> not quite. All right. <clears throat> John is filling out a job application as a hopeful gardener. John spends a lot of time making sure he put down the best references because everyone knows only a mother who smothers her children would dare not ask for references. Excitedly, John yanks the paper from the typewriter and accidentally paper cuts his throat. While bleeding profusely in a pile, uh, in a pile of paper and ink, he tumbles outside and bursts into flames because of his xenoderma pigmentosum disease. He asks someone for water to put him out, but the only ones who can hear him are ghosts, and alas, they have no tangible ability to get water. John was pronounced dead mere hours before the three unqualified ghosts were hired for his would-be job. <laughs> wow. That's a bad luck. Mine's not as eloquent as that, but you definitely have bad luck in mine, too. So I picked House on Haunted Hill. Okay. And so what it is, is there's an extra hearse where John basically <laughs> has... In the is hearse, he also re listening to Marilyn re Manson? Realize he's lost his invitation. So, 
when the cars stop and everyone gets out, basically John is looking under the seats, looking for his invitation and stuff like that. And as they leave, whip, whip, the cars are locked. John gets locked in his limo. <laughs> everyone goes inside, the events play out, and then John realizes there's no AC, he's got no air, and he slowly suffocates to death in his limo. Man. That's some bad luck, too. Mm. Well, Mark. Well, what do you think? I would have gone with yours, except it had a glaring plot hole. Uh-oh. What is it? If I cut my throat and I'm on fire, how am I asking for water? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> You're right. So, I can't award points for uh, plot holes. Okay. Um, so, it's going to have to go with Garrett this time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you killed John first. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out our Haunted House episode. We want to open up our new segment, John Dies First, to you, the listener, so please make sure to check out our social media to see what the upcoming episodes will be. We will read the best few at the time of recording, and the lucky winner could be you. You'll win our unending love and gratitude that you can wrap yourself in knowing that you could successfully kill a stranger in a fictitious movie. As always, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, corrections, or comments, hit us up on our Twitter page at TheGraveTalk, Facebook.com slash TheGraveTalk, or email us at GraveTalkPodcast at iCloud.com. Our podcast is available where all fine free podcasts are sold, like on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any. If you like our podcast, please share it with any other horror fans you think might enjoy our content. Until next time, keep yourself above ground, otherwise you may be dead, and the dead can't listen. Mm-hmm.